Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hi, welcome to the NASCAR NBC podcast. I'm your host, Nate Ryan. Join this week, Steve Letarte, Jeff Burton. Guys, very exciting. NASCAR and NBC about to begin its 2021 schedule this weekend at Nashville Super Speedway. So I want to talk to you guys about that. But first, we normally do this as a post-race edition of the podcast. I want to talk briefly about the All-Star Race. I want to talk about Kyle Larson and this role <laughs> that this guy is on. You worked with Jeff Gordon. You competed against Jeff Gordon in 1998. And this is what this reminds me of right now, that Kyle Larson has six consecutive races, first or second place finishes, four victories, three in points races, Put in perspective, I'll start with you, Stevie, you know, what this role means. Because to me, it feels a lot like Jeff Gordon circa 1998. Well, listen, so he's driving premier equipment. The Hendrick Motorsports cars seem to have the most speed in the field. But the counter to that is he's driving that against three other premier drivers. Right, so it's easy to say he's got the fastest stuff, Jeff, but you have to beat Chase Elliott, William Byron, and Alex Bowen to do it. And oh, by the way, he did. He drove around Chase Elliott with one of the most masterful, gutsy, all-star race type moves driving to the outside quarter panel in a third lane we had yet to see in 90-some-odd laps. So the, the, the move for the All-Star race was outstanding. I think Kyle, I think this is the Kyle Larson we all thought was out there. I mean, you could be on either side of it, but he wins in everything. He's so much talent. We didn't know if it was his preparation holding him back, if it was Ganassi equipment, if it was his youth, if it was his lack of mentorship. We didn't know. We'll never know because it kind of all got jumbled up and reset. But now he's at an organization with a lot of leadership. Jeff Gordon, you mentioned it. I know he's in the Fox booth, but he still has a role at Hendrick Motorsports. Rick Hendrick's there. Chad Knauss is there. We asked Alex Bowman. I mean, you asked Alex Bowman, hey, how are the post-race yeah, meetings yeah. like? He's like, you ever met Chad? He kind of run. <laughs> so there's a lot of leadership around him and a lot of confidence and a lot of talent and driving great equipment. And Jeff, I mean, I, I think that's what you're seeing, right? The combination of the three. Tremendous amount of confidence. And, you know, we said it on our, on our preview show. You and I both said Kyle Larson, watch him. Because you take that much talent with that much motivation, the timing of Hendrick Motorsports and what they're doing, the timing of Chevrolet and where they are in the grand scheme of things, and you got this recipe for success. Now, he's doing it against the defending champion. On his team is the defending champion of our series. And he's taking the fight to him. And make no mistake about it, that's what it is. You want to be, it's a friendly fight. Well, yeah. it's a friendlier fight than it is when against you know the guys at, at Penske or Gibbs, right? But you want to be the guy. He's been fast. I mean, where hasn't he run well? 
right? Where, where, and where aren't they going to run well? What's going to, the question I've got is what's going to slow them down, right? That's right. what you, you see in the years where they go, a team will go through a streak within a year, somewhere in there. I don't see this stopping. I just don't know how the other teams are going to match it, you know, at this late in the year. It's going to be interesting to see. I know they're going to try, but they got their work cut out for them. Well, so but the counter that, do you say they're going to try? If you're a team principal at another organization with a next-gen car coming a year out and split, right. you know, those chances <laughs> right, right. are starting to be delivered. Like, and you've got a parts freeze and R&D, So, so my point freeze. is, not to, not to get into the weeds, <laughs> right. but simply put, if you're give me some names, Travis Geisler or the decision makers at Gibbs or whomever that is, and you're sitting up at 20,000 feet looking at your race team like a chessboard, where are you willing to put the pieces? Right. Like at what point do you just say, we better try to leapfrog them on next year's car because I just don't know if we can get there. This is a unique season to try to play catch up. I mean, it's a cyclical sport, but I don't know Very if you can catch somebody like this year. But this has right? an yeah. end date like yeah. we, that right. I don't think we've ever seen. That's yeah. right. The investment, the investment that a Travis Geisler could say, hey, I need this investment. He can no longer go to his team and say, I can carry this into next year. Right. T- difficult decisions are going to have to be made. Right. And to your point, the parts freeze, the limited amount of wind tunnel time, all the stuff that's already in place makes it even that much more difficult. No practice, say what you want. That still has a huge bearing on what's going on on the racetrack. We used to go to the racetrack and we'd have three practices on a weekend think about that three a lot of ground yeah. three hours i out. mean you can try a lot of stuff if you take a four car team knowing you got to catch up with three different practice sessions that's a lot of stuff you can try and i, I know they got simulation they got all this well let me tell you something <laughs> they don't drive the car what matters is what the driver feels At the end of the day talk about all the millions of dollars spent At the end of the day there's one thing that matters and that's what the driver feels because if he feels it and he can drive it the way he wants to, it's going to go fast. Now, some can do that easier than others, yeah. right? But it's the driver's got to feel it. The computer doesn't understand that yet. They but, just don't. Look, it reminds me of 07, right? The, the, the new car came on board. It was a split season with both cars. Chad and I were both crew chief at Henry Motorsports at the time, and we, a year before, had given that new car to a different group within the new organization. They handed it to us. I'd love to tell you how smart we were. We had nothing to do with it. We put on the racetrack the way those guys told us. Right. Like, Hook, line, and sinker. This is what you want us to run, no problem. And it worked. And the reason that matters is because we stuck our heels on the ground and continued to work on the old car, and everybody was trying to catch us, man. They had to decide us which cars they were going to try to catch us on, and it was, it was a big advantage for us. You guys had them covered both ways. In that 07 season, it was the 24 of Jeff Gordon, the 48 of Jimmy Johnson. You guys dominated that whole year, much like Hendrick Motorsports has been doing through 16 races this year. I mentioned NASCAR and NBC picks up a schedule here where 10 races remain in the regular season, starting at Nashville Super Speedway. I'm going to get to Nashville, but first, I just want to give you guys a chance. Give us a recap of 16 races of the regular season. What, what are the big takeaways going into the NASCAR NBC schedule? I'm sure you guys all had Hamlin and Harvick being winless <laughs> coming into us, picking up the schedule. I mean, there have been some really surprising things that have happened so far this year. A uh, surprising variety of winners I didn't see coming. I had Byron winning not that early. I had Jones winning not that early. Definitely didn't have McDowell winning, so we had... Uh, a jumbled up start. I think it settled into people we expected to be good. Not a lot of surprise winners lately. There have been some surprise losers. Harvick is probably the biggest mystifying thing that I've seen where he not only is not winning Jeff, but like he's nowhere to be found in some of these races. And even when they were off, you think they would be off. That's what's so surprising about the good teams, regardless of who it is, Hendrick, Gibbs, Penske, and maybe it's the technology, but it used to be one or two. Now it's like organizationally. Like when you make a jump, you have to route run, and that hurts a guy like Harvick is my point, Jeff, right? right? He's a little off. He's behind four Hendrick, three Penske, 
for Gibbs. Well, man, now you're outside the top 10. I mean, that's, that's, that's 11 cars I just put in front of you. So that's probably my biggest takeaway is the lack of speed out of the four. The interesting thing to me about the four is how much can Harvick's skill of race management carry him them through, right? And he's, in fairness, he's done a really good job of oh. managing. He does not have the speed. Like, he does not have the speed. But you sit there and look at the number top fives. You look at the where he is in points. Like, he's managed this situation really well. And that's what leaders do, right? Yeah. That, I mean, he yeah. clearly has done a nice job at that. The one that's confused that I have under, I just don't understand where they are is Truex. Like, I, a month ago, I would have said, well, they're, they're in great shape. Yeah, there's a blip there, right? But, yeah. I, mean, what, I mean, they went to Charlotte ran bad. They went to Dover ran bad. And they said they were testing and trying stuff. Were they trying stuff again this weekend? Because I'm not sure he was in a race. Yeah, the all-star you know? race completely out to lunch. So yeah. we had this debate about, you know, should they be trying stuff in the middle of the year? Well, yes. When else are you going to try something? There is no practice. I got no issue if they're doing that. They got to do what they got to do. I just don't know if that's what they're doing. And if not, like, they've gotten off base. They've gotten really off base. Six weeks ago, I would have said that Kyle Busch and his team are the third best team it gives. I think now they're the best team it gives. Totally they fair. now have accelerated and they're, they're the best team it gives at the moment. I don't know if that's because Truex has faltered or, or, or if they're really trying stuff. It's, I, that one is really interesting to me. Where is that team? Where is that car on yeah. speed? Well, because there's some big names that like, so the points aren't shocking to me yet. But man, you get like a I don't know, a broken part in a road course or a flat tire, <laughs> and you slip another 30 points, and it could get a little sketchy. Yeah. I, 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 will, I do think that, you know, I've said this before, I, I think what Richard Childress Racing has done has been really impressive. They haven't won, you know, it's not like they're winning races yeah. and all they won a bunch of stages, but they have accelerated their program. There's no question. Now, I don't know if that's a Chevrolet thing, you know, where the Chevys are just better, but you can't look at them and say, those two drivers and those two teams can't win. Like you, they are they are right there. They haven't been able to pull it off, but they're right there. And and I think that it'll be interesting to see how much they can improve. Can they step their program enough to carry them into the playoffs and, and then through the playoffs? That to me, and not because I drove there, but just simply because where they've been, they've been at the top of the game and they've kind of been at the bottom of the game. It seems like they're clawing their way up, you know, back to the top. Yeah, but a couple of years ago, they were clearly behind Ganassi, in my opinion. If I had to rank the Chevrolet teams, right, it was clear that Childress, in my opinion, was behind Chip Ganassi Racing. I would have to swap them for performance this year. And that's not a knock on Ross Chastain because I'm taking, I'm taking Kurt Busch for face value as well. I, I just think that when I look at Kurt's driving resume, where I think he should run, where Austin should run, or Reddick should run, I think that they're doing a nice job. I'm not taking anything away from the drivers but they're driving way better horses. Whatever yeah. they have underneath them is giving them, to your point, more comfort. They look racier. They just look like they're not being driven by the car. They're actually driving the car again. And probably a factor that they're working more closely together with Hendrick. Well, at least in the engine in the department. Chevrolet group. And last yeah. time I checked, that thing, you know, <laughs> I was told a long time ago, you know, the best place to handle is down the straightaways. If you handle down the straightaways, the corners get easier. Yeah, so. helps a lot if you can go really, we really fast. We chased Dale Jarrett for about a decade, and he was yeah. really good down the straightaways. Go so. fast in a straight line, you're in good shape. And that's probably going to be true again this weekend, Nashville Super Speedway. We come into this track with no teams really having an advantage because there's never been a cup race here. And I believe this is the rare instance of a track at which neither Jeff Burton or Steve Wittart have ever competed. I know you guys have been to this track, but you've never raced there, and I don't think you ever called a race no, there, right? No, no. Yeah. People can talk, well, in 07 it was like this, in 09 it was like, listen, look, look. look. <laughs> These cars, this technology, 
the, the, the tires or nothing like they were 10 years. Like this track is brand new. Take anything we know about this track and throw it away. All it's going to do is mislead you, confuse you, give you a false sense of something. I'm entering this track like it was paved yesterday. Like we've never seen a car on it. There are some things that I think I know about the track. The entrance to turn one was really, really a struggle. If I was a crew chief, I would make sure it changed direction in the middle of one and two. Good luck being loose in, buddy. It's going to be really loose in. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be no better into turn three, really loose in, but you have to change it. So those things are fine, but arguably, name a racetrack where you don't have to be good in and turn the middle. I mean, it's kind of... I'm not going to guess what we're going to see. I'm, I'm, because I think it's unfair to the track, it's unfair to the fans, it's unfair to the competitors. I am truly going to just analyze it for what I see. I'm thankful we have practice and qualifying. I think I will be more prepared for the race. Just watch us in practice and qualifying. I, I'm willing to tell you what I think is going to happen. <laughs> yeah. oh, you, you, you've, you've got laps there. You have well, a little bit of a scouting so, report, well, right? I, I, listen, I have more laps there than I, than I want to remember. But all in testing. testing yeah. All <laughs> testing. Never competing. Yeah. But turn one is so different than turn three. The turn one entrance is so tight. It looks like a mile and a half racetrack, in it, but it's not. It's way more like Richmond, if that makes any sense, getting into turn one. Uh, you're going to have drivers trying to stay out, get a great big arc, and never get to the bottom. And when they don't get to the bottom, they're going to get eaten up. Now, technology has changed, to your point. So there's different tires. They've put resin down. No traction compound. There's resin down on the racetrack trying to get rubber to build up in the racetrack. Goodyear's worked hard to build, get a left, softer left side tire on the cars. At the tire test there, the tire wear was exceptionally high. They've given the way I understand it. So they Goodyear's worked to bring a tire. This is a different compound than they've run before together, left and right, on, an, on a concrete track. So there are a lot of unknowns. But the, there has, has been a tremendous amount of technology that's changed. But the one thing that hasn't changed is the shape of the racetrack. And one and two is a completely different, different than the end of, of three and four. Three and four kind of feels like a mile and a half. One and two feels like a short track. It really, to me, going back and watching, and I spent this morning watching a couple races there from the past, this is a big short track. That's how I view it. It's a big short <laughs> track. One thing I did notice that the race I watched was an off weekend for Cup. It was the Easter weekend, and Harvick won a race. Kyle Busch was there. Brad Keselowski was there. Joey Logano was there. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people that run cup today that had track experience. Carl Edwards was there yeah. that had track experience. You chuckled a little bit when Jeff mentioned rosin as opposed to PJ1. So what, what, what kind of a curveball is that for teams and crew chiefs? It sounds like an interesting one. I, I mean, I, I don't, what does that mean? I don't know what that means. <laughs> I, I tell you what it means. A lot of people will be watching practice. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I practice because, and Xfinity yeah, practice. Listen, I, I didn't like question marks in my equations when I was trying to set up a race car. And it's just one more big question mark. Yeah. And, you yeah. hope it gets answered with practice. And if I was a cup team, I would go, I would not be going in Friday night. I would be going there Thursday night. I would be in the facility on Thursday. Like a track walk. I would be, well, there's Xfinity practice on, th on yeah. Friday and there's no cup garage hours on Friday. I would be, or if there is, I'm not aware of them. I would be, I would be there. If I was a cup driver or a cup crew chief, hmm. I would suggest my driver, why don't we fly? We don't have to take the whole team up, but me and you fly up, maybe bring the engineer. Let's just, because listen, TV's fine, but Jeff, you and I have watched race cars our entire life. You can go stand in the corner. I can't drive one, but make, listen, hand over my heart, have zero skill, none. Can't make my feet do what they need to. But I've watched race cars my whole life. I could go stand down in there and I could have an idea probably, ooh, look at how that looks tighter than we think, and loosely than we think. I would walk the Xfinity garage. Remember, access is now open. This COVID stuff is mm -hmm. starting to open up access again. I would find like manufacturers, like teammates, buddies, fishing buddies, anybody I could talk to about, hey, 
Are you, are you fighting stuff that we think we're fighting? You know, I would, to your point, if I'm a cup guy, I'm using that Friday practice for everything it's worth, even though I'm not on the track. I mean, you know, you got truck practice, you got truck race, you got, and you can go sit in the grandstands and, you know, I've sat in the grandstands a lot this year and you, it's amazing from our booth what we see. And, and it's, you know, yeah, yeah, I would be doing the same thing. I, yeah. Because TV can't show the whole racetrack at the same time. Yeah, we right. can only show, you know, who we're showing, but there's a lot of things going on. If, and watching, you know, from my seat, watching a race up high, I see and learn a lot of things from the experiences through other people, right? Yeah. That's what smart people do, right? They learn from other people's mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. And the opportunity to go there and learn, I, I agree with Steve 100%. I would be, you know, I would be going there What's more important? <laughs> yeah. right. I don't need the comparison. Right. You know, the problem with TV is you're going to see the leaders or the guy trying to be the leader. What helped me is I want to sit up there and I want to watch the leader. Then I want to watch the 10th place car and see what his car is not doing that the leader is. The guy is struggling. That's yeah, what matters. Like, All right, now if I over, I don't need this fancy overlay. My brain can do it. I'm like, ooh, that guy's really getting through the middle. This right. guy isn't. Yeah. This guy's really struggling at a turn three. Like, I would start yeah. to try to pinpoint some spots. Pit road entrance. All that. Pit road yeah. exit. Like the, the race I watched had two green flag stops in Xfinity race. So pit, you know, green flag stops could be important, and we all know what track how important track position is. All those little things, all those little things are going to matter. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And the big thing, or at least the, the big question I get, is that this is a concrete surface. NASCAR has two of these, Bristol Motor Speedway, Dover, is just essentially just going to be the biggest concrete track on the circuit, and that's sort of the way to look at it, and how do we think that'll unfold? Well, you know, I can't answer that, because the other three I have decades of running. I know if you're at all tight when practice ends at Martinsville, you're going to be free when the race starts and even tighter than you dreamt at lap 400. And I can tell you at lap 300 what your car has to do. Like, I know it sounds silly, but like he's laughing because he knows, right? <laughs> and like, you're going to go to Dover and let me go ahead and tell you that thing's going to run over the railroad tracks into turn three on old tires. But then when the rubber gets picked up, make sure you adjust it for green flag stops because the rubber doesn't get picked. Like there are these certain signatures. Yeah. So you, I would assume this has some of the same reaction, but now we put some rosin and some new tires and man, I don't. I mean, hell, how do you know, right? I just don't know. You, like you said, watch some races and pay attention. Paying attention is free. That's what I tell my kids all the time. <laughs> Paying attention, it's free. So, so there's the thing to me about the concrete conversation, right? So if Charlotte was concrete, everybody would say, well, that's the most temperamental racetrack and it's because it's concrete. That's the most temperamental contract, oh. racetrack 20 miles from here and it's asphalt. Yep. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So a lot of times we say, well, Dover's this or Bristol's that because they're concrete. 
Well, maybe it's just because they're different than anything else. Maybe it's not in concrete is part of the difference. So I, I just, I don't care what the surface is. I, I, don't, I don't care. Every racetrack has its own personality, have their own trends. Uh, they're typically consistent in their trends. Sometimes they change. The tire changes the trends, I think, more than the track does. But, but we don't know those trends yet. But I do think from the things I know about Dover and the things I know about Bristol and things I know about Charlotte, some of those things have never changed. It's the technology of the car that changes, yeah. right? Yeah. So I think the way the racetrack behaved 10 years ago or 11 years ago, last time we ran there, I think that'll be consistent. The question is when you put a cup car on there that has completely different technology than ever has been run on, on that racetrack versus an Xfinity car. An Xfinity car really isn't that different no, than what it used that. to be. It's really not that different. It's the tires change, but the car itself is really not that different. So if I was in an Xfinity race or truck race, I'd just be paying attention to those trends that we used to have in the past. I think it's a little easier for those cars than the Cup guys. A little surprising to me, you know, there was practice at the 600 and Hendrick was really fast heading into it and they were really fast heading out of it. You know, I know Nashville's a new track, but it's still practice. Forget Nashville for a minute, it's still track time. It's still an hour for me to sling some stuff in there that I might have an idea with. Now it's a 750 low horsepower. You know, my point mm-hmm. is we had kind of a high drag practice. Now we have a, a low drag, high horsepower practice. I, I don't know what people are going to learn or use, but. Yeah. If I'm a rookie, I'm saying, why do y'all need practice? <laughs> right. I mean, you've been taking me to all the these racetracks. Right? I didn't no have any practice. Yeah, now y'all good. can't come to this track and yeah. not have practice. That's a good point. Yeah. That I might mean, be the one that's at least yeah. somewhat even. I mean, seriously. This is like, like Cole Custer, Chase Briscoe, all those guys. Yeah, yeah. if yeah. I feel like, like <laughs> yeah. what, you guys yeah. can't do it without practice? Yeah, you yeah. didn't yeah. let me laugh at Good Lord. I've been doing this for more than a year. So the first cup race at Nashville Super Speedway, but not the first NASCAR race, as I mentioned, this track opened in 2001 hosted truck and Xfinity and some IndyCar for 10 years, all the way to 2011, been on hiatus since 2011. There have been some big moments. Kyle Busch smashed a guitar once after winning a race in 2009. Uh, Austin Dillon got his first truck series victory and did his slide. Um, you said you watched some races, Jeff. Do you guys have any memories or you know what stands out, I guess, when you think about this track? Well, Austin's first one wasn't really a slide, right? Didn't he like, didn't <laughs> yeah. he, like dig in? He yeah. almost <laughs> broke his neck, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't have done the second one. That's just me. <laughs> um, you know, I don't, I don't have any big moments. I, may, I might be wrong about this. Is Kentucky the place when, we, when the rules came out, no racing back to the caution? Wasn't there a wreck on the back straightaway late in the race? And Michael Waldrop was involved somehow or another, and they had to position him. Like, where does he line up? And it was like, oh, my God, all these right. things. Are, this is a whole different than what we've ever done before. I think that was Kentucky, but I could be Nashville, wrong. Or Nashville. I'm Nashville, yeah, I'm sorry. Right. I think that was Nashville, I but right. I could be wrong. I mean, you know, it's funny to say, but what I remember about Nashville was, you keep saying Kentucky, but my mind puts the two together. I know they don't look yeah. anything alike, but forever, we tested at Kentucky and Nashville. I was about to say, I mean, they were both we tested huge at test both of them. They were yeah. Xfinity tracks only. They weren't cup tracks. We ran it all. So I'm actually going back to when the cup cars first showed up at Kentucky. I was still a crew chief at that point. And we had this big, long test session because we had to get used to the track. This is back when you practice a whole bunch. And by like minute 30, (laughs) fast time was set and everybody, and I'm like, why are we here for five hours? We literally (laughs) have tens of thousands of laps around here. So, so, you know, I just don't know. He mentioned it, all the same guys were there. I don't know. I think it's, listen, I think it's way bigger than a racetrack if you really want to know. I don't think it has anything to do with Nashville Super Speedway to be quite honest. I went to Nashville this year for the first time to look at Vanderbilt with my son. I went back to go out to the, I should say, let me rephrase that. I went to Nashville downtown for the first time. I've been out to Super Speedway a bunch. What a great town, great time. And I'm gonna tell you, way, this is a month ago, six weeks ago, 
I was walking around there on a college tour. That has nothing to do with the racetrack. And you knew the race was coming. I'm talking Broadway, there were signage. There was this. There was race car drivers. You know, you had Brad Keselowski in, in some of the bar windows. You had the, like, it was old school. They had old school Bill Elliott stand up. Like, I felt like it was a race town. And we haven't been there in forever. It was only a banquet. So I think that's the key. That's what I'm looking forward to. Perhaps more than anything is just how much excitement there was in the city weeks ago for NASCAR to show up. I think the fact that we're sitting here talking about what we think we know is what's cool. Yeah. You know, we're going somewhere new. Yeah. Going somewhere new, a cool city, a fun town. We're going to have to behave ourselves. This is our first weekend. <laughs> new restaurants, new, yeah. right? Stay in so, downtown. Be stay careful. in downtown. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the excitement about all that, I think, is what's cool. That's and to me, this year has been a lot about that. A mm -hmm. lot of new time, not a, a lot of firsts, a lot of new things. We kick off our season with a, a, essentially a brand new racetrack. I mean. That's fun. I think that's what our series needs to be more of. Surprises, different stuff, different towns, different cities, different tracks. I think that's what it should be. And this year has been a lot of that. So I'm okay. Matter of fact, I started watching those Xfinity races this morning and I thought to myself, should I really be doing this? Like, wouldn't it be more fun just to go there with no sense of what's mm. going to happen? Because, you know, that's part of going to a new racetrack. Yeah. And you talked about that when we did the, uh, the podcast going into Circuit of the Americas in Austin. Like, when was the last time NASCAR went to a completely new market like this? And granted, Nashville's a little different because Cup did race there 37 years ago, and it does have a history there. Yeah, with yeah but listen, 37 years ago, there but was yeah, a crew member in the garage. Well, it's yeah, it's it's been a while since NASCAR has been there, but yet there's also still a, like a connection there, and like the whole the country music scene obviously is you know Brad Paisley has been a huge part of NASCAR and NBC's buildup with Dale Jr. I mean, it feels like. It's a new market in some ways because it's a new Nashville for, for now versus 1984, but... You know what it's bringing it's, me back to, though? It's cool. So when I started traveling in the 90s, when you rolled into everywhere, Phoenix to Pocono to Martinsville, it didn't matter where. You didn't have to go to the track. You knew as soon as you walked off the airplane, NASCAR was in town. You drove to your local restaurant, and there was a Rusty Wallace Miller Lite sign in the local bar. They, like, yeah. it had this, this feel, right? This activation of, hey, man, the circus is in town. Come out and, and, and come see. And I just feel like I'm starting to get that kind of that buzz around Nashville. Like, it's, it's from Broadway to the super, speed, super Speedway, from country music to race car drivers. I just think it has a buzz to it. And there's going to be a lot of people there. Right. I mean, you know, they're bringing in some grandstands. Oh, the, yeah. the, the word about this ticket sales has been phenomenal. So there's a lot of excitement about it. I was, I was went down and did the, we filmed that the, the promotional thing with Mario, went downtown uh, for lunch, and people are excited this race is coming. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, I got recognized by a lot of people. Hey man, when's the race? You know, like yeah. it was a lot of excitement. And that's, that to me, to your point, is, is, is a lot of what this weekend's about. The race is gonna be a race. Yep. Somebody gonna win it, somebody gonna yeah, finish man. last. Yep. Somebody gonna spin somebody out and get mad? Like it's gonna be a race, but yeah. the the build up to it and what act, you know the unknowns. I think that's what makes it really cool. Yeah, and that was really cool what you did, Mario Andretti, because IndyCar also is going to Nashville. They're gonna have a, a inaugural street race there in August. So it kind of just reinforces everything that you hear about Nashville. I mean, in, in many ways, it's sort of like Charlotte, and it's considered this hot, hip oh. town. Professional sports have blossomed. You know, the Predators are championship contenders. The Titans just got Julio Jones. And now NASCAR is coming to town. It just feels sort of right. NASCAR is arriving at the right moment. I, I was there and it was still a little shut down. 
I'm, I don't think my mind is quite ready for full-blown Nashville. So <laughs> for Nash Vegas, I might, I might lock yeah. my hotel room. <laughs> Jeff, just come come wake me up when it's time to go to the no, I, in the so morning. I'm the chaperone this weekend. That's my role. <laughs> we I'm avoid Tim Duggar. We'll be doing just fine. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm not telling him where we're staying. Uh, oh no, no. Before we get out of here, I just want to talk about one more thing that Burton kind of touched on. So first 10 races that NASCAR NBC does are the final 10 races in the regular season that set up the playoffs, that final 10 race championship run. The 10 race championship run is pretty familiar, but to Jeff's point, (laughs) these next 10 races, you got Nashville, you got a Pocono doubleheader, you've got Road America, you've got a cup race, Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course for the first time, you've got Atlanta Motor Speedway in July, 10 years since Atlanta had a second race. And that won't be slick. Right. Yeah, yeah. That won't be difficult to get around at all. What, what, when you guys look at these next 10 races that will be on NASCAR and NBC, and I should have mentioned this earlier, NBCSN, Saturday and Sunday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern for your Nashville coverage, Xfinity and Cup. What do you guys look at these next 10 races with so many unknowns going into the playoffs? I'll add one more that I know this sounds silly, but there's a two-week break. And, and I know we talk about what they have to do. Well, having two weeks to not have to do anything can be just as important for a race team to kind of reload and re-angle and re-change and readjust. Kills momentum, increases momentum. A lot can happen during a break, as odd as that may sound. Listen, the beauty of this is the storylines are abundant because if you're in the playoffs, you don't have enough playoff points. And if you're not in the playoffs, you need to get in the playoffs. And if you're on the outside looking in, you're coming up with a reason how you're going to make the playoffs or what are you going to do for next year. I mean, I mean the storylines are forever. So I think... You know, pick your favorite driver, and I'll tell you what he's worried about for the next 10. But that's not the same, Jeff, for, for every driver. That's what makes this system so much fun. I think that's the point, is that it's, it's so different for everybody depending on the situation you're in. Because when you talk about the playoffs, right, you get these three race segments to, within the playoffs. So w- the next 10 weeks, is Nashville going to help you get ready for the playoffs? What track is like Nashville? Is, is Indy? Is, I mean, go down the list and start looking at the racetracks, the next 10, what do they relate to in the final 10? In my opinion, very little. Yeah, I don't think it's one left. Hmm. But you can't, as a team, to your point, you have to gain points to be in the playoffs. You have to gain points to carry you through the playoffs. You have to treat every one of these races as as they're extremely important, but you probably can't carry anything to the playoffs from it. Right, right. Yeah, great point. So... This is this is an interesting time of the year. I mean, it really when you when you, a team likes a team. The only thing a team do, does is build Lego blocks, right? So you take a foundation and then you build on top of it, right? And ultimately, you hope you get done. And you got this really tall tower and it's better than everybody else's. You you learn, you put a Lego block. You learn, you put a Lego block. Are we really going to put a Lego block for a doubleheader at Pocono and Pocono's like like any other racetrack? Where are you going to put that block? The only so, way you can put it is in playoff points. I was about to the say, only block that, that's, that's where it is. Well, you ask, you know, what would Kyle Larson still be playing for at this point? I mean, he's creeping up on that regular season championship. Oh, yeah. And he's 40 points away that's from the Hamlin now, and that's huge. But to your point, how much do you focus on getting those, what, 15 playoff points versus focusing on, I got to be ready for those final 10 to win the title? You, you do both. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. You can't do one. You yeah. have to do both. Yeah, right. And yeah. so it's difficult with the tracks that we've got coming up, but you have to do both. Anybody says that Kyle Larson's going to Phoenix to race for a championship, ask him. Here, I got Harvick's number. You can have him call him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not that simple. Yeah. Good luck with that question. Yeah. It's not that simple. <laughs> Certainly a lot to look forward to. And again, Nashville Super Speedway kicks it all off. NBCSN Saturday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern for Xfinity. Sunday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern for Cup on NBCSN. Guys, thanks for being here and joining me. I appreciate it. Good times. Looking forward to it.
Our thanks again to NASCAR and NBC analysts Jeff Burton and Steve Letarte for joining the NASCAR and NBC podcast to talk about Nashville's Super Speedway. Thanks as well to NBC Sports producers Aaron Feldstein and Emily Conboy for helping with the coordination and recording of this podcast. Again, big kickoff this weekend for the NASCAR and NBC 2021 season. We'll have both Xfinity on Saturday and Cup Series on Sunday from Nashville Super Speedway. Let's run down the broadcast schedule. It starts Friday with Xfinity Series practice at 4 p.m. Eastern on NBCSN. Saturday brings Xfinity Series qualifying at Nashville, 12.30 p.m. Eastern on NBCSN. Cup Series practice from Nashville at 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern on NBCSN. And then the Xfinity Series pre-race show at 3 p.m. Eastern on NBCSN, leading into the race at Nashville Super Speedway at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on NBCSN. And then on Sunday, we have a massive block of motorsports coverage on NBCSN starting at 11 a.m. Eastern with NASCAR Cup qualifying from Nashville Super Speedway. At noon Eastern, it'll be the IndyCar race from Road America on NBCSN. And then after the checkered flag at Road America around 2.45 p.m. Eastern, we will take you back to Nashville Super Speedway on NBCSN for Countdown to Green and pre-race ceremonies leading into the first Cup Series race at Nashville Super Speedway. Green flag shortly before 4 p.m. Eastern on NBCSN. And coverage will continue with post-race all the way through 7.30 p.m. Eastern on NBCSN. And as you heard, this episode was taped on camera at the NASCAR and NBC studio in Charlotte. And you can check out the video version of the NASCAR and NBC podcast on the Motorsports on NBC YouTube channel. Subscribe while you're there. There's tons of great video content posting daily in that spot on the Motorsports on NBC YouTube channel. That includes full replays of the NASCAR America Motormouth shows that run on Peacock. Those air every Monday and Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Peacock. And the replays live forever at the Motorsports on NBC YouTube channel. The NASCAR on NBC podcast is available wherever you download podcasts. Please leave us a rating and review to help spread the word. And any feedback you can send to me on Twitter, at Nate Ryan is my handle. Thanks again for listening to the NASCAR on NBC podcast. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.